Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. Uh, and today we're having a wonderful time as we're preparing to go to Louisiana to be with Apostle Barbara Davis for her conference, Kingdom Connection Multiply. This is a voice crying in the wilderness ministries. Apostle Barbara Davis is a member of NEAR, our New Era Apostleship Restitution Collaborative. She is also an apostle in training, a commissioned apostle in training. With Nia, we are so thrilled to be joining her in Louisiana. It's my first time being in Louisiana. It's not Dr. Price's first time being there. And so we want to invite you, if you are in that area, we know there are some Tulsa Saints who are driving down, to join us on Friday evening. Stay the night and then head back home the next day or stay over the weekend with Apostle Davis and her ministry and tune in to what God is doing in that area uh, not only what he is birthing, but what he is increasing. There's going to be increase at this event. I know it's going to be powerful. Dr. Price is getting geared up. I'm excited about what he's doing, and today we're taking off so we can get in a little bit early, prepare, pray, and be ready to handle the Lord's business. Also in other kingdom news, we have next month is our fourth year anniversary celebration of the Paula Price Show. Well, what does that mean? That means we're going to have some new things popping up, maybe some guest speakers, haha, showing up. We're also going to do we're also going to do the top twenty Paula Price shows each weekday of the month of April. You'll be receiving an email with a link to go back and listen to a top twenty show that the Paula Price has done. Now, top 20 could mean uh, in ratings as far as listenership. And let me tell you what, top 20, I'm going to pick some titles, Dr. Price, because it was just amazing. (laughs) All right? Sometimes people don't see the amazing shows out the gate, or they don't hear them, because they're all going to be radio broadcasts, and they don't know what they've missed. Now, I do know that some of the titles will be on, uh, excuse me, yeah, some of the show titles will be on titles in ministry. Um, I'm sure women in ministry, because that's a hot subject. You have some pretty hot shows that you did addressing, well, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, probably the most misunderstood figure in the center of our salvation (laughs) and the most unknown, unfortunately, that uh, the least that we've known about being the Lord. And uh, then you've done relationship ones. You have fallen into some pretty amazing topics. And so the month of April, we'll have the top 20 episodes, one episode each weekday of the month, since there are 20 weekdays in April, for you to go back and listen, to spread the word, to share with your friends, to remember why you fell in love with the Paula Price Show in the first place. <laughs> so I already told them that we're going to be in Louisiana. We're leaving today, and you'll be there tomorrow evening to uh, preach the house down, I would expect. 
Well, we're going to preach the house down. We're going to lift the saints up. And that's always encouraging. And we're going to glorify the Lord. How about that? How about that? I'm excited about all that God is doing. Now, did you tell them about my opening? Did you tell them about my opening the prayer porch? Uh, no, I have not told them. Because I've got a lot of fun stuff happening here. And I'm so excited to do this for the Lord Jesus Christ. It touches my heart every time. I tell them that all the time. I say to them, you know, Jesus, I love doing this for you because I love you. And when you love somebody, you love doing whatever it is they need hmm. and whatever makes them happy. You don't just start with, start and start with their happiness. You also include their needs. And God needs us like never before to be there for him. Excellent. Well, good. I mean, we uh, we are going to be there for him. And the prayer portal lecture that you did is um, is is a, a powerful one because you go into those different places. Now, this is the orientation. Yes. And so, why don't you tell them about the orientation? Well, the orientation is amazing. I mean, really amazing. And I say that because when I think of it, I think of you know we don't often think orientation is important. We we're the people who think, well, that's just a, that's a fluff reading. We don't really need that. It's kind of like we don't need to read the instructions to go to put the, you know, the part <laughs> right. together. Right. And then when it's all over, uh, actually, then we got like 15 parts. And, and what do we say? We say, boy, they gave us extra, uh, extra or if we're really arrogant, we'll say, boy, that company sure didn't know what they were talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> it never crosses our mind that yeah, they, the okay, or that they maybe tested it, had a few people put it together. And tested it. So the orientation is important. I gave the orientation because I wanted you to have the right framework, the right mindset for what God wants to do. The one, the lecture that's coming out is the one that you will really love. It will talk about what I call God's prayer ride. You don't want to miss it. R-O-D. God's prayer ride. Rod, there is a rod to guide all prayer that will improve the possibility or the likelihood of you getting through to God. You know, Ashley, part of the problem that people have is that we have been so homey with God. We've been, we've gone past at home, we're into laid back. You know, we've gone past casual to just downright, you know, dismiss it. And so we're wondering why God's not answering prayers. You know, why isn't God answering prayers the way we remember? But a lot of times it is not that God is not answering prayers. It's that God has all kinds of ways of wanting to be treated. Okay. Okay? God wants to be treated as God. And because we push so much of him being Papa Daddy and Teddy Bear, we don't treat him as God. He's dead. You realize how many people mistreat their parents, neglect their parents, Dismiss their parents. Oh, mom, that's just yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, mom, oh, mom. Well, Lord, okay. Well, mom, you always say that. And we do all of that. And we do that constantly because, hallelujah, because we're comfortable. Anything you get overcomfortable with, you will begin to become very casual with and then crack. You become you begin to treat God very class. Like, okay, well, he's just a God. You know, when I, I, I told you before, I love the people who talk about Jesus being the their elder brother. You know how many people have mixed feelings about the elder brother? I don't like my elder brother. I do like my elder brother. My elder brother shouldn't be the elder. I don't, I, he bosses me around. You're always on guard. You're always defensive. And you're always seeking to wrestle. 
So I don't particularly like that one. I know people do that because, you know, when people don't want to totally respect something, then they marginally respect them. And part of the way they marginally respect them is that they downgrade and downplay what they really deserve. So they begin to whittle away what they deserve, the esteem or regard or anything. So all of those things affect compliance. And compliance is in everything. You must comply. And not just, you know, until we conform, we must comply. Because when you totally conformed, then compliance is not a problem because you agree. So I start this with God's prayer rod, where we talk about knowing how to deal with God in his various functions, in his various offices, and his various, uh, you know, requirements. Because God, your mama at home, and your mama at work to different people. Your daddy at home in the backyard and your daddy who wrestles with you on the ground because you're playing touch football as, and, and the dad that's at work or the dad that has to accommodate the rest of the world, two different things. And so today we have been, I noticed actually that there's a really trashy trend where, where parents are so elevating their children, they're giving their children the respect of, of years of, of growth and maturity they have not yet had and can't imagine. God doesn't do that. You, when you become offensive to God, he doesn't even he doesn't have to strike you back. He just turns off the just shut the window. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened. God just doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't know what happened. I just can't seem to get a breakthrough. I don't know what happened. So you need to figure out where the offense is or where you were just disrespectful. Sometimes your disrespect is, may not be totally offensive, but it could be the, the stepping stones to a later offense and ultimate blasphemy. And so you don't know that because God's a person. You have learned God from the Bible, so you think that he is the book. God's a person who wrote a book. And trust me, you know, being a parent, being a leader, which is what I have had to do all this time, come on here, I have learned God's a person, and he wants to be treated like a person. Having Jesus as your personal Savior doesn't mean he becomes your personal whipping post, you know, your personal abuse object. He's not clay. He's not, he's not a, a toy. You don't move, mold him the way you want, and he just will not say anything. Now, I told you once, Adley, actually, do you remember when we had the conversation about the God nod? No. Oh, the God nod? The God nod. Do you remember that? We talked about no matter how much we storm and slam and, and pout and fuss and pray and intercede, it's God, God's spiritual agents are going to obey him. And because Jesus is God and sitting on the throne, if he doesn't give the king's nod, you're going to go up out of here. And so that is why you appeal to him. You know, some people are appealing to their angel, their favorite angel, their favorite devil, their favorite demon, and as long as whatever you're asking falls within the purview of that agent, that spirit, you're going to get it if they feel favorable or kindly towards you. However, when you go beyond them, kind of like the ten plagues, by the time we got to the fly, they said, surely this is the finger of God, because it's at that point that those lower powers could not reverse what God was doing. And so when we talk about the prayer portal and understanding things like that, Moses had a prayer portal, and he knew it. He knew where he was and how he got there. He also knew how to get out. David had a prayer portal and knew when he was out, knew when God locked him out. 
And so some of us have never found it. Now, and I talk about how having a prayer portal or opening your prayer portal is for doing business with God and for God. It is not, Lord, make, give me some bread and water, help me get a car. That's, you don't need that. You just need the, the, the permissions and, and whatever that God has for taking care of his people, meeting their needs every day. This is not custodial prayer. We start with that. This is not custodial prayer. This is not maintenance prayer. God has a maintenance uh, prayer structure that he does to maintain his earth, custodial prayer that he does to take care of those that come to him uh, through Christ Jesus. And then he has that, those providential things that he has for all the earth. You know, I've done this. You have to know that. Because if you are praying as a high official in God, as an ordained official, as a serious, committed intercessor, that's different than you want to know about your prayer portal. And you also want to make sure that the people that you go to understand it as well. You know, we go to ask people to pray for us because we assume that everybody's all the same in God. But, you know, you don't go to the same kind of doctor for what you need. You don't go to the same kind of attorney for what you need. You don't even go to the same kind of, uh, of exterminator or, you know, pest control or anything like that. You have to find out if these people are specialized in what you need. There are people that God has granted to have an anointing for saving marriages or have an anointing for, for dealing with disease or whatever. You should know that. God is, nobody's an all practitioner in God. He has orders. He has ways of doing things. So you don't want to miss the next installment of opening your prayer portal where you learn about the God rod and the God nod. It's important that you get that because, you know, you have to recognize that God is a person. I can't say that enough. He's a person, but he's not just your neighbor next door. He's not the guy working in a cubicle next to you. He's not even the supervisor that gets on your nerves because of all of these untimely, inconvenient instructions or assignments. God is overall, and before any spirit, I don't care if it's a spirit of light or a spirit of darkness, I don't care if it's an angel or a devil. I don't care if it's a, 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 a familiar spirit or a foreign spirit. All of them obey Jesus Christ. That is what the cross was about. The whole idea of the cross was that Jesus Christ would take back all spiritual power that Adam surrendered in the garden and that he owns it. And the hardest thing for Christians to get is that he owns the darkness and the light. He, he, he controlled it before, but now it all belongs to him under his immediate domain. And so God is because he's now inside of humanity. Huh. He's inside. He was already inside the angels. He's now inside humanity, and he can compel devils from the inside out. So the Bible says very clearly, and Jesus said, you know, angels and principalities are subject to him. See, to you, he's a devil. To God, he's an angel. He's a fallen cherub. Now, hear this, because it's going to change your views. So that's why you don't think God can control him, because you think, well, if he's a devil, and God's God, and he's the antithesis, you know how you go. We go all over the place. Well, if you think that, then you don't believe God can defeat him. Well, God doesn't have to defeat him because he did. So now he is a reassigned subject. 
of the throne of Christ. He's reassigned. God just reassigned him to to vet those who would inherit eternal life, to identify the tares that are in his field, to also isolate the wheat and to try the wheat to make sure that it's it's really his. Oh, this is good. Isn't this good? He is now he remember that I don't care that God renamed him. I don't care that God calls him Satan and, and adversary in God's structure under the sovereignty of the Almighty, he's an angel. And he just does the downside of what Michael and Gabe do for Jesus. And and as much and the difference is that they chose to stay with him and this angel chose to, to rise up against him. So he's an adversary to God because he rose up against him and created a work, a walk in a world that's adverse to God, against God's way, against God's direction. Not that he's a threat to God. He's not harmful to God. He can't harm him. You have to think differently, guys. Think differently. You know, you had so many devil classes, you almost thought the devil was on the cross that came rose from the dead. He wishes. And so you have to understand that. So if you're going to be one of those people who are going to really do business for God, you need this training. You need this class. You need to sign up for it. And you don't have to wait till it's released. You can just go and, and right now and let Prophet Ashley know, I want uh, right now, put me on. Here's my money. I, put, I want my class. As soon as it's up, it's up. I want it. Notify me. I want to do it. You don't have to wait. But here's this. God is God for a lot of very good reasons. But you need to recognize that what applies to us does not apply to him. God is law. So you can't tell him he can't break the laws of the land. He's like, I am the land and the law, which is why he's the landlord. See, I do what I want with my own. The parable of the vineyard actually doesn't tell you that. The people are all mad. Well, I don't understand. They only worked an hour, and they're getting a whole day's pay. We worked, we worked all day. We bored the heat of the day. And he said, but this is not my, it cannot do what I want with my mind. The point is, out of all of this, you want to find out how to work with God. And you won't ever find that out if you don't glorify him as God. If God is your candy man, your candy land, that's okay. He doesn't have to talk to you ever. He just goes on and he puts you on a maintenance plan. He, put, he puts you under custodial care and life goes on. Because he said he makes his son to shine on the just and the unjust. He's good to the evil and the righteous. So God is going to take care of his plan. And he's going to take care of his populations on this planet to the extent that they serve his purpose. And as hard as it is for us to believe, folks, sometimes suffering serves his purpose. Sometimes suffering people serve God's purpose. And so those are things that we'll get to later on in the training. But right now you need to appreciate that God is serious about opening the prayer portals. Whenever God gets ready to do a move in the planet, he comes to open up everything. I told you, uh, you know, he showed me when he opened up the prophetic. He showed me when he really opened up the prophet's office versus the prophetic because there's a difference. See, we've been having the prophetic move so much we didn't realize that office wasn't open. Well, Dr. Christ, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. You all don't know about office. <laughs> We're still putting the gift over office. You still got leaders talking about your gifting. So it's still very personified. It's like evangelicalism. Your salvation is a personal matter. Your citizenship in Jesus Christ is a population matter. 
So your gifting is a personal matter. But your discharge of God's duties on the earth, that's a, that's a, a, a kingdom matter. That's a thronal matter, and it's very different. And you need to know that because we have God squished in this little sandwich box. All of God. This is God. I mean, I've seen people do stupid things like, this is God. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think about how he does things. One of the things I like about being his apostle and at this point is that, you know, God, the apostles that, that can manage him and can, uh, can conform and comply with him, cooperate with him, he shows them all kinds of things. You know, when Jesus went up on the mountain, he took three apostles. He had 12. We were the rest of them down in the bottom trying to cast out a devil. They down at the bottom of a mountain, you know, because we think mountain, we think little hill. No. Jesus takes himself and these three apostles, Peter, James, and John, up to the top of the mountain. And when he gets up there, all of a sudden he, he, he drops his mortality. He drops his, his human veil. And they see the glorified spirit of God. And it said he lit up the mountain. Well, God was always used to lighting up mountains. He did that when he picked out the 70 elders way back in Israel on a mountain. He's up, there he is showing himself as, as blue sapphire lighting up the mountain. So he takes three apostles up there. Because we just assume they're all the same, but only three went. The other three down there wrestling with the demon and can't cast them out. And so in his answer to the people about their, his apostles or his disciples, at that point they weren't even acting like apostles, his disciples being unable to cast out the devil, Jesus said, well, that's because of their unbelief. He said, but this kind comes forth only by prayer and fasting. And we look at them and we're like, yay, we can cast out devils if we pray and fast. No, 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 no. Takes a little bit more than being hungry and noisy. What he actually was saying is the guys that came down could cast them out. And they earned the right to go up to that mountain and to see beneath their skin and to realize that truly they had been trained by the God of Israel, the Messiah of Israel. They knew that, and they had done it because they had lived his life. They agreed with how he lived. They fasted with him. They prayed. They never left him. They were at his side all the time. They never missed the class. They didn't try to change his words. They didn't try to alter his doctrine. They didn't try. Peter tried once, and you know, good and well, Jesus just on uh, the turn Satan loose on him. That was the one that the prophet. He just turned Satan loose on him. He said, okay, so you're going to try to change my gospel? You're going to try to change my doctrine? So let me just let me just send you my help. He didn't have to slap him. He had somebody, he built somebody to slap him. Made the point. Because that's how interesting this story is. We've heard it read from people that God didn't take to the mountain. Paul said he went up to the third heaven. Peter, Peter didn't say that. If there is no recollection of Peter going up to the heavens with God. James, that was up there on Transfiguration, and Peter ends up with Paul having to rebuke him over there in Galatia. Okay? But, but James, John's brother was up there, and he went up there as a prototype of Jesus' brother who would take over the Sanhedrin of the Jerusalem Council. Because remember, James got killed. John's brother got killed early in the game. So who's the James we're talking about? Jesus' brother. So and, and, and he didn't need to go up there because, well, I grew up with him. He's my, now, James could say my elder brother. Jesus is my elder 
What's your big brother name? Jesus. You mean that man? Yeah, that's the one. Jew, same thing. See, these, these statements that I make, I don't just drop them to show you, oh, wow, this is great or isn't this interesting. I'm to put things in context because we think we've had things in context, but we've had things in church context, and we had things in earth context, and we had things in, in uh, uh, what do you call it, human context, but we haven't had it in God's context. And, I mean, and I'll tell you why. You can tell that because people are so, many teachers are committed to telling you how the Bible was written by humans, by these people that didn't have the education we had, didn't have the language we had, and on and on and on. And so they're doing all of this discrediting while they're trying to accredit the word of God. You can't do both. People are smart, either or. And so God takes these three men up there and he shows them himself. And then the father comes and says, hey, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Huh. Wow. And then what what, what the apostles do? They pass out. Some of us will pass out too. You know, the Bible said, Father, can they pass out? They were like, I have them nights when God comes to my room and visits me and whatever. I'll be like, oh, this is one. <laughs> and I said, God, I always fall asleep. I don't understand. Why do I keep going to sleep? Too heavy for my mind. Too heavy. Too intense. And so especially when he wants to get your attention, he can come on out. Mm-hmm. So I say this to you because it's important for you to recognize in order for you to get the best from God and to get into all the fullness of who he is, you have got to glorify him as God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. God doesn't want you to just go to your prayer room because there's a place to pray. He wants you to go to your prayer room because there's a God to pray to. A lot of people hang out in their prayer room. You know, like the little woman in the, in, in the little movie war room? So, and eventually she just said, let me take some potato chips because ain't nothing happening. <laughs> I'm going to take me some chips because nothing is happening. A lot of saints are like, oh, okay. Dr. Price said, I just go. And then, but, but she didn't go to expect to meet God. She went because she was told to be there, not because there was anything to meet her there. When you alter how, how you go to prayer, and you can only do that when you upgraded your relationship with the Lord, then you don't go expecting your words to fall to the ground. You don't go expecting them to bounce off the walls. You go expecting God to meet you there because you know the presence of God is there for you. Because remember, the presence of God is in you all the time, which is why so many people started treating God shabbily in devotion. Because it's like, well, it doesn't make a difference what you do. Well, it doesn't make a difference if it's dirty or clean. It doesn't make a difference. It makes none of that makes a difference in God hearing, but it does make a great difference in God's feeling. See, we, we're so caught up in our feelings, we miss that. And so it is natural for us to go to God and say, our Father, wherever we are. That's what the Holy Spirit did. He enabled us to pray to him everywhere because God knew he was going global and not everybody could have and meet the criteria that he had for his single nation, which he populated and he ruled. So he, he made it comfortable. But God expected us to do it, to give him our best. And so when I hear people say, oh, it doesn't matter, you can just do what you want, I mean, the Holy Spirit's all right. We think just because God doesn't kill us or, 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 or mutilate us or paralyze us that he's okay or that he doesn't get offended. So we feel like we take his silence as golden instead of gone. So, yes, it doesn't 
doesn't matter in the sense of you saying, well, you know, God's going to hear me no matter what. He can hear you, but God wants to feel you too. He wants to feel comfortable in your presence. He wants to feel that you created a place that just is, that you're going to sanctify, that you're going to purge, that you're going to protect, that you're going to keep separate from everything else. I don't care if it's a corner in your room or a chair in your room. I'm telling you. He cares about whether you'll go through the effort for him. Shut up! See, there is, you know, I want to say this because it's important. God cares about you going through the effort of welcoming him and of celebrating him as God and of preparing the atmosphere for him, and not just with your favorite song. Somebody else singing. Sometimes he doesn't want your song on. He might want to hear your voice. That could happen. He might just want to hear your voice. He might want to hear you pray just without all of your props. And so you, God, you're right. God will hear you. Don't let these people tell you just because God doesn't react petty doesn't mean he's not offended. Some things he just said, well, you know what, I'm just going to go on. And he, he assigns you to maintenance. He assigns you to custodial care. Now, Dr. Christ, I don't know where that is in Scripture because, you know, I have in mind my wonderful saints. But, see, when Israel took God off when he was trying to get him through the wilderness, and every time he turned around, he was hot. He eventually said, I am not going to take you in. I, will, I, I came to earth to lead you into your promised land. I did. I came to the planet. And I came to earth to be among my people, my family, this creation, this humanity that I made. I came to be among the children of Abraham. Hallelujah. I came to do that. But you know what? You all can't get me. And every time I turn around, I'm hot. I'm ticked off. And so he says to him, I'm going to leave now. I'm pulling back. And I'm going to go back and do what I've always had to do, work from the background, work behind the scenes, work invisibly to make this happen. But I'm going to leave my angel, and I'm going to let my angel take you in. So obviously we can realize this was a highly deputized angel. And so he said, my angel is going to take you in. He said, because if I stay with you, I'm going to get so mad, I'm going to kill you along the way. And people are going to think I couldn't pull it off. And they're going to think I pulled you out of Egypt to kill you because I couldn't bring you into the promised land. And so God sent an angel, custodial care. He sent an angel and maintenance. He sent the matter. He had his, his whole plan. So this is what I'm going to do. Now, I'm giving this to you, you know, so that you'll understand the pattern. Because sometimes when we say allegory, people think unbelieving. When we say pattern, they get it. So that's God's patented way. You know, a pattern is a patented way of doing something, the true way. And so he says, I'm going to send my angel. He said, but now listen to me. I'm not sending you a pump. He's not a chump, and he's not because he, he's my angel. Anything close to me can't be weak because I'm the Almighty. He says, so you're gonna, my name is in him. I'm putting my name in him. And we still have yet in the 21st century to wrap our heads around that. He said, but I'm putting my name in it. And which means I'm giving him full authority as if I am he and he is me. So I'm going to put my name in him. Hope I said that right. Come on, my grandma, people, help me out. And so he said, and he said he will not pardon your iniquity. In other words, I've given him power to heal and kill. I've given him power to judge. I've given him power to chasten. I've given him power to discipline you. So this angel that God sent becomes the, the stand-in for God. You know, standing for the Lord. And we know that Yahweh is Jesus Christ. So he becomes a stand-in 
to get to finish the plan so that the people will enter the promise alive. Because every time he turned around, they was getting up. And I think God, God came and he said, you know what, I can't take this. I got to leave. You know, and a lot of you all feel like, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is still with you. Yes, he is. But you don't have the internal Holy Spirit. You got the outer Holy Spirit. Because God's heart is so tender and his soul is so tender. He is so, I mean, God is really tender. And so, and his love for his people and his creation is so deep. He gets tired of being pummeled. He just gets tired of being stabbed. He gets tired of being offended. So he just goes on and puts us under, you know, a custodial care and maintenance. I'll just, uh, you'll keep getting some manner from heaven. I'll keep you alive, keep some clothes, keep you doing. And I want to make myself look good. I don't want to look like a trashy papa. So I'll go ahead and do some great things for you. But understand, I'm de- these are the least. You know, we think that the best God has for us is what we get. You know, anything God gives to earth other than Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost is the least. The best thing God has in the planet is the spirit-filled Christian. That's his best. Nothing moves him like that. He said, you know, Jesus said that. He said, but he who is least in the kingdom of God was, was more than John the Baptist who kick-started this whole thing and got us back into uh, orbit and, and, and oneness with God. See, I'm telling you, the, you know, when you listen to the world and they start talking about, you know, all, you know how bad Christians are in Canada, first of all, I, I just think it's really marvelous that we're the only one to provoke them like that. I mean, come on, guys. If we're the only one, anybody got that? I love it. I love it. I think that is marvelous. We're the only one. You know, actually, when we were talking about the, the guy, the producer of the uh, Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, he just wished he could just tear out the Bible. I'm like, you ain't trying to tear out the Quran. You know why? Because the Quran is not a problem for you. But we are. We are. God said to me this week, he, I mean, last week he said, listen, he said, you all are still the largest body I have on the planet. There's nothing larger than you. You cover all nations, all kingdoms, peoples, tribes, and tongues. This is not, we're not just talking about America being Christian. We're talking about God's people, regular places where God is abiding, dwelling. We are powerful folks. We are the single most important thing that God has in this planet outside of the Holy Spirit. We are decent. Come on, write it down because I need you to recognize that. I don't care about how they act. You, the only reason that they get away with doing it as huge as we are, they're getting away with it because you have been talked into cowardice. You've been talked into being uh, uh, inferiority. You've been talked into everything except you are the most excellent thing that God has in the planet, in your raw, raggedy, can't get it together, far more than your stand, state of existence. Nothing is more precious to a parent than that which comes from their body. And we came from the body of Christ. Oh, boom. Now I'm having fun. I'm having fun. And so as long as you let them redefine you and reshape your identity and talk about it, all of that kind of crazy stuff, we are the royal seed of the Godhead. Write it down, the royal offspring of the Godhead. Now, you think about that little baby that was born in England and what they think about him and think about you being that for the Almighty. We are the royal offspring of the Godhead. And any time we wake up, the power of Christ can move in us. Any time, at any point. That's why I'm talking about opening prayer portals. Why do you think I'm doing these teachings? Not because of, well, wow, Dr. Price, you're just deep. I am so not trying to be deep. As a matter of fact, Ashley has to tell me I'm deep. 
Jesus. She used to tell me all the time, no, but see, mm-mm, no, so, but, but, no, 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 because in my mind, I'm getting, I'm waking up God's people, I'm, a, I'm giving his, his children identity, I am bringing his word back into woe and back into power, I'm empowering the offspring of the Godhead, I am bringing the word of God back alive in the planet, because this man deserves his inheritance, I am so clear on that. Jesus Christ deserves his inheritance, and he deserves it cleaned up, washed up, freshened up, fragranced up, whatever else we want to do. Now, I may not sound like a theologian, but I can go with any theologian they got out there because any other book they got outside of the man that wrote the book on everything, I'm not impressed. Jesus Christ did something magnificent. He literally robbed Satan's entire population right from under his nose, converted us, into offering of the Godhead, and then said, now go be the salt in the light. My job is to help you understand why you're the salt in the light. Why are they upset with Christianity? We're the only one that they are attacking, and you know why? Because we are the strong. Can you imagine with all that God has around the world, we still hold out. We're still the strongest thing. And you know what? What they're getting ready to meet, they have lived with us as the, as the lambs and the lambs of God, but now the lambs are becoming lions. God had to pull back the lion for the for, for Christianity to spread. And we all know those moments when the lion begins to roar in us and he begins to stand up and he begins to do what he does. We are the lion of Judah and we are his pride. And that's a very different thing. And you need to get excited about it. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm about to do a shout up in here. I don't even know why. It's Thursday. I don't talk like this on Thursday. I'm about to shout my soul off. I'm like, you cannot intimidate me. And I need that punk Christianity to die in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against that cowardly spirit that has been riding on Christianity, pretending to be a love doctrine, pretending to be devout, pretending to be humble, pretending to be meek, protect use a lion spirit, and I shut you down. I leash the Lion of Judah. I release him in the body of Christ. I release the roaring of the Lion of Judah. I release the predatory instinct of the Lion of Judah. I release it. I set you free. We're not just going to be the Lamb. We're going to be the Lion too. And I'm telling you by the Spirit of the living God, Jesus Christ is here to roar, and when he roars, we move. So, yeah, they should be afraid. They should be very afraid. Shouting in the street, cutting up, acting up. Yeah, I guess if we, if we do that, we listen. We sleep and we provoke that. We just sleep. We haven't even got out of bed yet. We got to brush teeth, clean up, take shower. We have not gotten into position yet, and they're cutting up. You stop looking at what they're doing and looking at why they're doing it. Now, got me a new clock too. I want to thank. My member, Paula Hart, got me this. Look at that. She made Dr. Paula A. Price. Scripturally organic Christianity, culturally unmodified. I'm going to give me a gavel, put right in the middle of it. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's a flat call. Stop being intimidated by what they're doing and start stepping back. I told you when you fight Satan's battle, he will eat you alive. Step back and see why they're doing it. Step back and ask, 
So why is it? You know, we had uh, one of our members that she went to one of these um, one of these high name acting schools, and the first that all of the all of the students walk around and they're talking about, I'm going to write something to scare Christians. I'm going to write. We're going to scare Christians. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You haven't met a Christian. Because when you meet a Christian, they don't scare. We don't care about your little scary movie with your little toothpicks and your little naked butts, your bouncing boots. That is so unimpressive. It's old. Y'all have overplayed it. People, even people who are not Christian are sick of it. They're like, I am so sick of not, you all being hateful, hostile, mutilating, mutilating of people. People are sick of it. We are not intimidated. We are not intimidated. Because let me tell you something, when Christ stands up, and I, I got Christian faith and death sentences on my death. You can't touch this. You have not met the Christian. You met a churchian. Because when the Christians of God stand together, come on, somebody, saints of the Most High God. I'm crazy this morning, but I'm going to Louisiana, so y'all know. Y'all better join me because I'm hot and on fire. Don't miss me. Don't miss me. Let me tell you something. You have not met Christians. I'm telling you. You have met church people. You have listened to theologians. You have met sellouts. You've met dropouts, and you've met cop-outs, but you've not met Christians. Because Christians don't bow like that. That's why they're still around 2,000-plus years, and we're still here. And we're going nowhere until the Holy Ghost leaves. The Holy Ghost is why we have Christianity on the planet, not the Bible, not the church. Somebody write that down. Say, I'm teaching today. Do you hear me? I say, I am teaching today. I'm telling you, my feet under this table, I'm just stomping. I could just, whoa, Jesus, sugar pie, Jesus. You know he's my honey, man. Christ, the Holy Spirit, see the third person of the Godhead, who nobody wants to talk about, is why we have Christianity in the earth. And you can't move him. You cannot move God. And the Holy Spirit brought God the Father, God the Son, to the planet with himself and all of Christianity in it. That's the message of the cross. And if you are going to be a Christian artist and you're going to be a Christian dramatist, you need to tell the story the way it is and stop telling it the way you heard it. Because I'm telling you, if we ever dramatize that, the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't just see puff of smoke running through. We'd look like a meteor shower and God dropping us down and all of us dropping down into the planet to be connected with our spirits and our souls and our bodies. The Holy Ghost, the Bible is not why Christianity works. The Bible is how people know Christianity exists. Because we are in Christ, and we are hid in Christ. And the Word of God lets you know how to manifest as a Christian. Because if you're a real Christian, we don't have to give you anything but the principles of manifestation. Okay, so I'm in this new country. How do I do this? I'm in this new land. How do I do this? I want you to hear me. Oh, my God, this thing is burning me up on the inside. Come on, King Jesus. I'm telling you, Christianity is not in the planet because there are churches, because Christianity came to the planet when there were no churches, and they were upsetting people when we had no churches. Am I crazy today or what? You better know it. So they can do all of this. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm telling you, God puts Christians in people. Christianity is in people, and people go to church. Christianity is in people, and people go to church. Christianity is in people, and people go to church. We are the body of Christ. 
not just the building of Christ. We're not just his physical edifice. We're not just brick and mortar edifices. We are the body of Christ. We are the building not made by hand. We are not man-made. We are God-saved. You need to know this. You need to get it in your spirit. And I want you to pass this on to every Christian you know. I want you to pass it, pass it, pass it. I want you to talk about it. I want you to sit your children down and let them know, give them the Christ identity. We have so much of a church identity and a denominational identity and a religious identity. We forgot we should have a Christ identity. I want you to sit your kids down, sit your family down, and I want you to say, let me tell you who we are. First of all, let me tell you who your God is. And let me tell you why your God is God, and then let me tell you how your God is. Now, let me tell you how you got there. We got to plant planet Earth. We were shipped to planet Earth in the person of the Holy Ghost, the same way Jesus was transported to planet Earth in the sperm of God. Oh, yes. And it wasn't until he got to Earth that he needed a body, which is why he ended up and landed in a womb. But he left here from a tomb. Oh, somebody, I'm too excited. God, I love this man. My sugar, you know he's a honey. I'm just getting started. Yeah, you better join me in Louisiana. I'm on fire. And I'm bringing the fire of God and the thunder of God with me because God wants to show off in this era. In this time, stop letting people define Christianity for you. They can define the church. They can define doctrine. They can define their theology. They can define denominations. They cannot define the nation of Jesus Christ. And we are the offspring of the Godhead, the nation of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Girl, I feel like I can go to sleep now. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. It's exciting. This is good. We are not, we're the only religion that wasn't born on earth. We were not born on earth. Jesus was reformed into human form in the womb, but he still always had the eternal spirit. He got here by the eternal spirit of God, and the Bible said the eternal spirit of God raised him up. He was raised up by the spirit of holiness. Oh, come on. Gotcha. Somebody asked. Got me a club. Look at that. I've got him. Look at that. I love this. One of my favorite colors. Look at that. Isn't that cute? Yes. Got me a red one, too. Let me too. I want you to know, I do this not because I have to be persuaded. I do this because I can't shut up about it. What God has done for us and who he has made us to become. There is a reason why we took the planet, and none of you sit down and figure it out. You're so busy listening to the, the devil's whining, crying, and sad story that you don't even realize there's a reason why Christianity took the planet. The Christianity took the planet because Christ did. We took the planet, and it's not time for us to give it back. It's not time. Not yet. Now, there's a time coming. We have a whole apocalypse telling us. But that time is in the hands of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's a reason why we took the planet. There's a reason why Jesus took the planet, and he's the only God that ever did. Even now, they can't get one God to do it. We got to have the Buddhist God. We got to have the Hindu God. We got all of them. And you know if you're trying to have them, you ain't got none. 
we, hallelujah, we took the planet people for a reason. And if he's done it before, he'll do it again. Look at you. You can't even help it. Sounds yourself. like a song. It sounds like a song, right? He's done it. He, and he wants to do it again with you and me. And you're going to have to stop crying with Satan's tears and stop whining with his story, him trying to say, they don't give us a chance. I'm just so sorry. I just really wish they would take, tear the pages out the Bible, just whining. Come on, somebody. We are not the Bible. The Bible is a record for us to understand. It's for our five senses, not our eternal soul. And before there was a Bible, there were Christians. Before there was a scripture, there were Christians. And before all of that, there was a God. Oh, somebody. And what we're doing right now is we are implementing our constitution from eternity. Scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. Yes, he's a sugar pie, Jesus. And you know what? I was just telling him before I came on. I got caught up in everything. I couldn't even find myself. I said, oh, Lord, it's going to be out today. And I said to him, you know, Jesus, when you are really in love, other people can't draw you away. You will never cheat on somebody you really love. You just won't. The worst womanizer, the worst whore in the world, when they meet the person they really love, they never want another thing. They never do. I don't care if you can dangle God's carrots all day long. You can dangle all that crazy in front of me. But I'm telling you, this man has got all my heart and my soul and no competition. If God has competition for your soul, then you don't love him. If he's got competition for your assignment, for your life, for your time, you don't love him. You don't. You're loving at him, but you don't love him. Because when you fall in love with this man, nothing he asks is too much. Nothing. I don't do this just because I'm anointed. I'm anointed because I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him because I stay so close to him, I, I just keep getting splashed. The splash just keeps coming. You know, he's like, oh, you like that? Good. You're like, good. I wake up this morning, the fire of God is all over me. I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. Why? Because I love him. And I don't mind telling anybody. Jesus is not a secret lover to me. He's not a mysterious lover. I don't hide him in the back closet. I don't get around the powerful people and say, yeah, well, you know, I, I know there's somebody I love, but I can't tell you his name. Read it. I got, no, well, I hit it, so you can't read I don't care about that. Are you kidding? When you have met this man and been in this world, you realize why this is passing away, and you realize what what makes him supreme and superior and this here mediocre. You understand? And so I do. And I want you to not forget it. So, yes, I talked a lot today. I'm excited. I had a lot to say. I talked a lot because the fire of God wouldn't let me go. And I, I, I tell you the truth. If you got it, God bless you. If you didn't, God bless you. But I want you to know. This is Jesus' time, and he wanted to talk today. And if he wanted to talk, I thought the least I could do is give him a voice and a brain. Prophet, actually, hey, your turn. You know, and the Lord counts on that, being able to talk. <laughs> on my show. On my show. We let him say what he wants. Right, uncensored by <laughs> humanity. By humanity. An unredacted scripture. Unredacted. Oh, my goodness. You said so many things today. I genuinely don't know where to begin. Jump in. Jumping. Okay, when you're talking about uh, Satan is the angel that does the downside of what Michael and Gabriel did. Selah. Selah. Okay. <laughs> First, I want to 
wanted to say what you were talking about earlier is a course that you are producing called the Prayer Portal. Mm-hmm. Opening your Prayer Portal. The first lecture is available online. If they go to your website and click on the side tab uh, that it talks about uh, mentions taking them to the classes or the courses, mm-hmm. that can take them to the site where it is right up top, and they can enroll. It's only nineteen ninety nine for a two part lecture. Yay! And people are flooding and storming the gates. Good. Many 
received a massive cultural sleeping pill. And that pill was made up of adultery, idolatry, sorcery, and witchcraft. That pill is what people have taken and have bec- and then turned into their bloodstream. So they're fighting for God's adversaries. When I listen to Chris, I say, but you, fight, you hate God. So I know you're not a Christian because by default, you are protective of that which is yours. You're protective of your family. You're protective of your You all are more protective of your car than you are of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you talk to a boy on my car. Get on my car. I'll play that. You know? And so I think that the sad part about it is that, but Ashley, can I just say this? Because you know I got another slap in me. When God, before this, I keep saying it because it's the truth. I keep saying it because somebody needs to talk on God's side. When God said to me, when I told you all, and I, you know, I'm sure somebody will put the date up, I said, Melchizedek said, God, now God sent an angel to get Israel where she had to go, all right, and Jesus sent angel to tell John, the revelator, what's going on, God sent Melchizedek, and he said to me, we are here to take over the Supreme Court, to take over the government of America, and to take over the land. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I talked to him too. Okay, Melchizedek, now you did say. Yes, I do. And you know why? Because I know when I saw the, the first thing he said happen, I know everything else will. I'm telling you, when God wanted to take, wanted Abraham to take over, he sent Melchizedek. And he sent him, Melchizedek takes over five nations with a battle. And so I'm telling you, I know that all of this blustering and screaming and whatnot, that means nothing to the man who owns this thing. When Jesus gets ready, he's flipping this thing on the ear. And I'm telling you, they're going to be fighting for their lives. Forget fighting for their lives. They're going to be fighting for their lives. And I'm telling you this. I don't care what you tell me, Christian. You cannot be a Christian. I don't care what anybody tells you. You can have the seed of Christ that you have never nurtured. I'll give you that. But you cannot be a Christian and fight against Christ and want to put any other God in power but yours. I don't care what you say. And I am concerned about whether or not we're going to have African Americans in heaven. Because we might have a handful. We're going to be a, we're a minority on earth, and then we're going to be a minority in heaven. Man, we just can't populate nowhere. But I am concerned about that. And you know why? Because if you, if you, Turn your back on this man in this planet. Come on, say it. Satan, Lucifer was the only one that said, I will ascend to the above the mount of God. I will be like the most high. Next time we hear when he gets ready to get cast out, it's the, de- the devil, the dragon, and his host, one-third of the angels of heaven, cast out. And he had all of that. He didn't have an earth temptation. He just had a visual temptation. Boy, it looks like they have it really good up there. Why can't I be up there? I'm going to be up there all the time. He never had a reason to do it other than what was in his own heart. I'm telling you, I'm concerned. I don't know if we're going to have Now, I think we're going to have a lot of Africans up there. I'm convinced of that. Because, honey, them Africans going to be playing. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. But I'm not sure we're going to have a lot of African Americans in heaven. I'm convinced of that. And because God says he doesn't want anybody who is fearful, who is unbelieving, and whoever makes and believes a lie. See, that's real. And see, African Americans are bound by this lie, which means they die on the lie. They don't make it in. 
because God can't have liars in heaven, and he can't have the spawns of liars in heaven. And I'm telling you, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned because he's like, are you kidding? Y'all going to turn on me when you get here. He said, because if you can turn on me with that little feeble stuff down there, I know good and well you're going to turn on me up here. I'm not bringing you in. Stay away. Stay away. But I just don't, I don't care what you believe. The man said, I do not want liars in heaven. That's what he said. He said, whoever believes and makes a lie, and if you don't get that cleaned up before you breathe your last breath, we will see you in the hereafter, but we will not meet you in the rapture. Jesus. See, I told you, got me started. Again. All right, good. You are so bratty today. You, know, <laughs> you are just there. Is it because we're only broadcasting once a day or what? <laughs> What else did you want to have? And then you can share with me thoughts some of my, with some of my periscope thoughts. Oh, well, let me give you your periscope thoughts because I do need to say something for Prophet Adia. <laughs> if she is on fire like we are, I'm sure she done dug up a few things that she's got packed in her bag. Oh, my goodness. Black clay stays on earth. 
all that black stuff that they're teaching, all that white stuff, all that green stuff, whatever else we want to say, but, you're, but, but from the dust you came to the dust you will return. And when you go to heaven, your soul is one color, either black or white. In other words, white for the righteousness of the saints, God has put the white robe on it, or black for the blackness and the death and doom of sin. Your body does not make it to heaven. You know, and you're happy you all don't want that body there. Well, you don't like it here on earth. So we certainly, I'm not trying to get mine to travel. I'm like, I want my new body. I tell God that all the time. Every time I look at another drop and plop, I'm like, God, I'm glad this is, I'm going to leave this in the dust for somebody else to use. You can get caught up in that blackness. You can get caught up in African America when there is no America in heaven. There is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There's no Russia. There's none of that. There are the people of God, the kingdom of God, a, a, a civilization that has been around forever and ever and going to be around forever and ever. And they realize ponds in, in a sci-fi movie. This, this, this skin is going to crack open, and what they want is what comes into their world. You can believe it all day long, but the fact that you cannot stop yourself from dying, you cannot stop yourself from aging, and you cannot stop yourself from being sick and hardly able to stop yourself from the compulsion proves that the word of God is true. This thing stays here. So what you are taking into eternity had better be about the one who's ruling it. And it's not as God does not rule through the flesh. So all of that little fleshy stuff, because you hear that, well, we're going to have hot sex in heaven. You're going to have hot sex in hell. Now, you will have some afterlife sex, but I'm sure it's going to be in hell. Because God said the angels neither marry nor are given in that. So all of that, anything sex-related, anything flesh-related, you understand that in heaven, Adam and Eve were not husband and wife. They were made on day six, and they were not made husband and wife. They were made male and female. They did not pick up the title husband and wife until we got to earth. Hallelujah. I'm going to shut up now. Prophet and dear. You know, because I can go I'm on fire now, baby. Uh, well, that, thank you for that segue, Dr. Price. You know, um, but every episode, I'm almost there, and then you add that one last line, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to follow that? <laughs> powerful, thing. It was powerful today. So many places I think you went. I'll, I'll probably actually comment on, commented on many things um, that were also just, uh, of course, striking me as well, but I'll take it all the way back towards the beginning of the training today, just when you were talking about um, making an effort and that God cares about your effort coming out of that casual treatment of him. I think you answered tons of questions with that today. A lot of us thinking, why isn't God moving with me the way he used to? Why isn't God responding to me the way he used to? And I think you just really shattered that thing open today to help us understand um, that we've got to be treating him a specific way Again, the Paula Price Show answering questions, revealing mysteries, and helping us to go deeper into our God. So, I mean, every bit of the show was good today. I, I can't just pick one thing, but I know that that really struck me as, 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 as well as all of the conversation. So we got to listen to this again and again, guys, because this was a power-packed episode today. Yes, it was, and I thank you for your um, for your um your responses. I want to touch something that I probably, you know, but then I'm touching everything else. You know, when we talk about treating God casually, you know how you all just go to church all casual and you feel like because you, you think because you feel good and the music makes you feel good that that's God. But you realize you can go to a club and hear music that makes you feel good. You can sit at your desk 
and hear music that makes you feel good, but not, none of it heals you, none of it delivers you, none of it reveals God to you, none of it brings you closer to God. I want to tell you right now, you need to get out of those fake churches. If they've got to be lighting up smoke because the Holy Ghost won't show up, they have to be flashing and strobe lighting because the light of the gospel is not preached. They have to have it have to pitch back at black and create a club experience because they can't have to have a God experience. You need to know that those are the counterfeits. Now, you can say that that's your call because you know me. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you this. You aren't going to get God to show up in prayer because you don't care if he shows up in church. And if you don't care how he shows up in your church and you break your neck to get there every week to be you, to be free, to be free to craft your experience with him and to experience him as you see fit, you will not get God to show up. I'm telling you. Now, again, this is not talking about maintenance because we got that maintenance manner and that custodial care. And so a lot of the church is under custodial care and maintenance manner. And until you get a crisis, you don't know that God is not directly involved with your stuff. You don't realize that. When you get a crisis and you start saying, Lord, Lord, and silence. You go, then you, and you'll know then when you, are, when you hit that thing, because you know what they do, Ashley? Then you start roaming church to church, service to service, meeting to meeting, and prayer group to prayer group, trying to find the God that you blew off for a sensual experience. By Periscope, I will see you on Sunday for scripturally organic Christianity that is culturally unmodified. Until then, pass this along. We're going to release it to Prophet Adia, who's going to give you some announcements, and then we'll take our calls. Love you. God bless. Pray for me this weekend. And not only that, if you can, pray for me and press to be there. All right. All right. You are listening to The Paula Price Show on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show online. You're also, if you've checked us out today on Periscope, you can follow Dr. Price there. Her handle on Periscope is Dr. Paula Price. Just look her up on Periscope. Download that Periscope app if you don't have it. Uh, if you don't have it already, you are missing out. Dr. Price broadcasts live every Thursday morning and Thursday night on Periscope. So download that Periscope app. You can like Dr. Price on Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price so that you can be a part of her Facebook Live community as well. So a lot of ways that you can catch Dr. Paula A. Price. Want to give a huge shout out to all of our Twitter fans. Want to thank you guys this week for your retweets. Thank you for spreading the word, retweeting her Periscope broadcast retweeting the Paula Price Show today, and also spreading the word, leaving your comments. We so appreciate you. So big love to our Twitter family. And, of course, we can't forget our Facebook family. Big shout-out to you guys as well. Thank you for uh, sending the post and sharing, sharing, sharing. Don't forget, share, share, share. Let your friends know about culturally unmodified, scripturally organic Christianity and what we are doing here. We want to invite you. Come on out to Tulsa. We've got two events coming up. I'm going to share those with you. And then pass it back to Prophet Ashley so we can go ahead and get to your calls in this second hour. First things first, Dr. Price will be in Louisiana this weekend. You don't want to miss out on that. You can check out her site, Facebook.com, for more details about that. But this, she's going to be with a voice crying in the wilderness ministries with Apostle Barbara Davis in Louisiana this weekend. It kicks off tomorrow night, and then I believe she does another session on Saturday. So don't miss out on that. That's going to be a powerful time. Coming up in April, the 14th through the 15th, is our Women of Dominion Restoration Weekend. 
women, women of God, do not miss this, April 14th through the 15th. It's going to start in the afternoon on the 14th and run through about 5 p.m. on the 15th so that you'll know how to make your travel arrangements. You can register right now online at drpaulaaprice.com. Again, register for Women of Dominion Restoration Weekend. Dr. Price is going to be talking about restoring your womanhood, and you can register online at drpaulaaprice.com. Don't miss if you would like to to view last year's Women of Dominion weekend. It is now available on Dr. Price's training site. All you need to do is click Train Me on Dr. Paula Price, Dr. Paula A. Price com. Click Train Me. You can view all the available webinars. It'll take you right to her training website. We've made it really easy for you to do that. So click Train Me. You'll see the page there. View all the webinars, and you'll see Women of Dominion right there on the list. And you can actually view what she did last year. And I'm telling you, once you do, you'll be booking your ticket to come out for this year. So we want you to be a part of that. Coming up in June for all of our prophets, our prophetic types, our prophetic intercessors, our psalmists, this event is for you. We have this every year, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Those dates are the 21st to the 24th. Uh, our buy one, get one is ending really soon. It ends this weekend. We may extend it till Sunday, but right now it ends on Saturday, I believe, the 25th. So you do not want to miss out on this. Buy one, get one for $140. That means two people can go for $70 a piece. It's a great rate. You want to make sure you take advantage of this because it is ending this weekend. Buy one, get one to the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice today and you know that God is calling you to be here, don't delay. Go ahead and get your registration taken care of and take advantage of this great deal. And grab a friend or two, bring them with you. There are group rates as well. We are having a special teen uh, teen classes for teens 13 through 18. We're so excited about adding this feature. Um, there's uh, We have uh, rates for near. We have rates if you're a student of our program. So you've got to check this out online, drpaulaaprice.com. We'll soon have all the info about our special speakers this year, so be on the lookout for that. But right now online, you can look at the schedule. You can get all the details about the schedule so that you know how to make your travel plans, as well as all of the rates. So again, take Take advantage of buy one, get one that's happening right now, and it ends this weekend. Register for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute June 21st through the 24th. You can do that right now on drpaulaaprice.com. All right, if you're just joining us on the line, press that number one so you can speak to Dr. Price in this second hour because we want to pray for you. We want to get to your needs. That number one right now, I'm going to pass it back to Prophet Ashley so we can take your calls. All right, thanks, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, 
automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. Are you a prophet or apostle? Is your desire to help God's ministers come into their true identity and calling? Would you like to make a supplemental income while still doing what you love most, serving God as his kingdom agent? Now PPM Global Resources offers an exciting employment opportunity for apostles and prophets. We want to employ you to do what God made you to do for him. We work in the industry of ministry and want to bring the industry to your ministry. Imagine getting paid a regular income for doing what you already do. Think about doing more than prophesying or waiting for your next preaching opportunity to fulfill your calling. Now, PPM Global has created gainful employment positions for your mantle, just like pastors and teachers have enjoyed for ages. Sign up as an affiliate agent or independent sales consultant, and you'll be able to share PPM Global's unique ministry model with your associates and colleagues and share the revenue PPM Global gains from your initiative. Or join PPM Global's team of advisors, coaches, and mentors and take part in shaping the next generation of five-fold ministers for Jesus Christ. Wherever you fit, 
you'll enjoy the benefits of collaborating with PPM Global, including a means of increasing your contacts and income without increasing your workload, the opportunity to be a gainfully employed, bona fide apostle or prophet, the privilege of shifting the church back to apostolic and prophetic leadership, and the honor of placing God's people in their right purpose and destiny. Apply today, get trained, change lives, and earn more. PPM Global Resources. Explore the possibilities. And we're back, Dr. Price, for you to jump into the personal lives of our callers and get us all straightened out. I'm ready. Okay. We have first on the line Camille from Indiana, and she needs prayer because she is um, in a prophetic awakening phase, and she would like prayer concerning that. Camille, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Hey, good afternoon, Dr. Price and Prophet Ashley. How are you all? Wonderful. How are you, Camille, today? I'm good. You put me on fire with the um, exhortation this afternoon, so I'm actually very well. Um, My prayer request concerning um, um, during this prophetic awakening phase my I'm, I'm learning to embrace the different ways that God wants to use me. Um, I'm embracing the funny side of me, you know, when I talk or minister to people, I'm embracing the, uh, the, the just the listening side. Um, but what's really awakening inside of me is the boldness. And I really, really love the boldness side. Um, I, so much so that I'm learning how to uh, learn how when I need to pull from being so bold, um, meaning that the situation might not warrant the boldness, but the gentle side of God. But during um, this time, um, embracing all of those sides of me, I really want to find my unique voice. Um, how is it that the Lord wants to use me um, on on a greater scale and what that unique voice for myself is growing up? My preteen years and my teenage years, um, there was a lot of uh, feeling shut down, feeling like nobody wants to hear what I have to say, feeling that my voice or my part was unimportant. But now that God is, you know, is, is has done such an awesome healing in my soul and um, uh, giving me that voice, I want to know what that uniqueness is in me and how he wants to use me in that unique way. So just prayer on that. Um, Just, I don't know if I limit God's ability in my life. And so I think I only have to be this way or I only have to be that way. Or when I'm speaking before people, he only wants me to be like this. Um, But at this point, I just want to embrace everything that God has for me and um, uh, just ready for that next, next phase. Okay, so well, Camille, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want to do this, and I want you to answer my questions as much as you can, as succinctly as you can. So the first thing I want to ask you is this. Um, how, how, how are you at a prophetic awakening and you're performing prophetic tasks? Explain that to me a little. I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay, well, let's go back. I'm going to come back to that question. I want you to mull over just the thought of it for a minute. But can I ask you this? Have you taken our assessment? Yes, ma'am. I'm in, actually, um, Prophet Ashley is my advisor. 
she is. I'm sure she's thrilled to hear, the, to hear your questions. So let me tell you this. You're, she's your advisor. So does that mean you're in a training track? Yes. Good, 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 good. How long have you been in it? It's coming up to a year in March this year, so you're actually. Go to the next level. Is that right? I'm say that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That's okay. So you're ready to go to the next level. Is that right? Yes. Because see, I'm gonna tell you right now. If it's in your heart to drop your training, I'm gonna tell you that that would not be a good thing for you to do for where you are. So let me say that. But let me just tell you, when I hear the word awakening, and I don't know if you've ever looked it up, because sometimes it's just a basic thing, but um, when I hear the word awakening, I don't hear seasoning. I hear awakening. I don't hear seasoning. I don't hear experience. I don't hear uh, competence. Or uh, I, I don't even hear capability. What I hear more is the capacity. Because when you're in awakening, you are more of being capacitated and we're working on, you know, capacitating you for the prophetic and not seizing. Your questions are quality questions. They really are. Mm-hmm. I just think they're a little too early in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that you're rushing it, and here's why I think you're rushing it. Because Trust me, you are like so many thousands and thousands that God is, is dealing with today, so do not think that this is a unique thing with you. But mm-hmm. because you still think that prophetic is all about talking, all about verbalizing, mm-hmm. you don't think about it as being anything, requiring it any more than a deeper walk with God, more prayer, uh, you know, a, a deeper experience with God. Okay, maybe maybe a little more scripture. So you really, mm-hmm. you your question really talks about you needing a lot more to even appreciate all that this, this thing called the prophetic is to do. Now, having said that, because I think you need to hear what you're saying. You have got to go back and ask yourself, what do I really think about this man's divine communications institution? What do I really think about it? What do I really believe about it? And then I want you to ask yourself this question, and I'm going to ask you here because it's important and because you're one of our trainees. I want you to get the best always. You know, I always do. You do know that, right? Um, yes. So my question to you then is what do you do professionally? I'm a nurse professionally. You're a nurse professionally. And so mm-hmm. when you became a nurse, did you did you uh, start working as a nurse when you realized it was your calling? No, I went to school. You went to school. Why would you go to school? To get, to get training. You can't be a nurse if you don't have training. You sure? I mean, because you can watch people do nursing things, and you can definitely help people out. I mean, I'm sure you did a lot of nursing-related things. Without the training, no, ma'am. So, oh, you didn't? It, 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 you have to go to you have to go to school. I would not want anybody practicing on me who did not have education, who did not have experience, who did not have training. Why? I mean, because you could you could have the gift. You could be really talented. I know a lot of people mm. who have some good instincts for stuff like that. No, ma'am. They'll fail. They they won't help you. They they won't help you. I I can't help you if I don't know, if I didn't study. Oh, okay. If I wasn't mm-hmm. tested, if I wasn't educated. Oh, okay. So, but you're practicing the prophetic. And I, I guess my question is, I don't know if it's more related to throughout the year, our church has young ministers that preach. And so because I'm prophetic, when I speak – my turn coming up is in a couple of weeks. 
And so trying to merge my, when I address people, you know, I can't take the prophetic out of it because that's who I am. So what is my voice when addressing the people, presenting them God? Okay. If you're talking about sharing the word of the Lord, that's yes. something that your church wants you to do, and your church clearly does not want competent or capable people or they care about. They wouldn't have so many young ministers doing it. They'd have their young ministers in training. So your church doesn't care about that. I'm just going to go on record to say it because any church that wants to work with novices and wants to promote novices does not care about good, excellent, or accurate. That's the first thing you have to conclude about your church. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sweet people, nice people, but, you know, there are a lot of nice people who want to practice nursing and still got to go to school, all right? Mm -hmm. Um, So my thought to you is that if your church just wants you to share the word of the Lord, that's fine. But if you're going to be a guardian of this institution, then you should restrain yourself because if our job, which is what our task is today, to set out to bring this thing into some sort of uh, manageability, quality, competence, capability, authenticity, integrity, you're not going to go on. So if that's mm-hmm. our job, then you don't need to feed into the problem. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stand up and deliver the word of the, the Lord, I want to prophesy, I mean, I want to preach and pray for people, I, have, I think that's awesome. But I think that if your training is really taking hold, the last thing you want to do is add to the situation of incompetent, underdeveloped, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean, that prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think you don't want to do that. And I think that mm-hmm. um, that you should you have an opportunity to share that with your pastor based on the fact that he wouldn't want you to handle do all of this as a nurse if you didn't have an education. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem, my concern. It's not a problem because I've already addressed it. But here's my concern, Camille, and I am so happy to hear from you today. I can't even tell you how thrilled I am that you finally called in and asked this question. But here's my concern. My concern is we have got to decide whether we take God seriously or not, whether what God is doing in people's lives is serious or not, and whether he deserves capable, competent, and educated people to do it. The reason that we are where we are today is because under the evangelical umbrella, everything is soul winning. Everything is evangelical. Everything is missions. Everything is doing. Not learning, doing. Everything is expressing. That's it. Prophets are not evangelists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize that you are not an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I can hear your prophet spirit, so I know it's real. Um, but mm-hmm. you're not an evangelist. So you have to decide whether or not you're going to be the guardian, the watcher, the standard bearer, or whether you're going to be the, the in the play box with everybody else. Because these people are all ah. played. They're just standard. And you have an opportunity to show your church how, how to think differently because they're probably just a, a, an offshoot of somebody else that felt the same way. Hmm. But you have to decide how you want to do this because however way you decide to do it, that's going to that's going to determine how God is going to use you and how much more He'll give to you. At every mm. level, God tells us to see what we'll do with it. He said, "Be careful how you meet it out, for with the same measure you meet it out, it's measured back to you. The same way you give it out is how it's going to come back." Mm. So that a lot of that stuff, God winked at, He blinked at, turned His head and nodded at it simply because it was the best He had going. There was no programs, etc. Now you know better. You understand better than most mm. people in your church what's happening. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to decide if you want to be a professional prophet or you want to be a performance prophet. And if you want to be a performing prophet, you will fall into divination. That will happen. Mm-mm. Because you have to, because education gives you the guardrails and the parameters for, for filtering and testing, trying, proving, and authenticating. So you don't have enough to know whether or not you you are even speaking from God now. You just know that there are days that God just really shows up and is wonderful, and other days you're like, God, what are you doing? I don't have those questions. I don't ever question whether or not I'm speaking from God because I don't speak as it's happening. I just don't. And I have enormous latitude in the Holy Ghost. My latitude is so so expansive, it's scary, and I still respect Jesus Christ, and I respect my 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 obligation to guard this office and to guard its entrance and to guard its exit. And so I would say to you, you are a very bright woman. I know that by the Spirit of God. We've never met. I don't know that I've ever talked to you. But you are a very bright woman, but you're also a guardian. And I don't think that you should be more of a guardian of, of the institutions of this world than you are of the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to prophesy, that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to pray for you to do that because you're in awakening stage. You, right now, you need to learn. You need to understand. You need to discern, etc. I will pray for you to have power in your prayers. I will pray for you to have articulation of the word of the Lord. If you're going to stand up there and teach about the prophetic, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to help you do that because you wouldn't help somebody do it in nursing. Does that make sense to you, Camille? It, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so can you imagine some kids saying, you know what, I just want to be a nurse, and so show me everything you do. You, you look at them like they're crazy. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is serious. This is not your little dollies. This is not your little friend that cut me and you went and got a piece of Band-Aid. This is serious. And that's what I would say to you today. This is serious. It doesn't make a difference that people have treated it so casual and shabbily. We haven't even been casual. It's still a serious institution. And you know why? Because we get calls all the time from people whose lives are shipwrecked over false prophecy, whose lives are destroyed because they follow the prophet's voice, whose lives are, are, are turned upside down, whose visions have failed, whose children are gone, whose marriages are destroyed because the prophet gave a word that they couldn't discern or they couldn't shape or articulate or they couldn't even uh, compose in a way that would keep the people from going in the wrong direction. All prophecy is for us to to be given out in a way that people can act on it responsibly, productively, and safely. Please remember Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I will pray. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I pray? Um, That does make sense because... I I do actually we have actually talked before and I was in Joliet, Illinois last uh, um last August. Um and I've called in a, a few times, but that makes so much sense because I don't want to come. It, God's not saying a happy message, you know, like oh, you're going to be blessed and and those kind of things and there are some serious matters that you know the Lord wants to address, but I just want to be clear on my task when it comes to um Speaking before the people, um, my goal is not to prophesy over the people, but just, you know, teach and, you know, present with, present what God wants presented at that moment. So that makes a lot of sense. Well, I agree with you. If they're calling upon you to speak, and clearly this is a young church with a lot of young people or a young leader, 
but the point is you have the wonderful privilege of saying, you know what, guys, this is not part of trick. These aren't games. These are people's lives that you're dealing with. The yeah. reason that the nursing institution requires you to go to school and to become certified and credentialed is because they're dealing with life. Well, we're dealing with people's lives and livelihood. We're dealing with whether or not they make money or go broke. We're dealing with whether or not they move in the right place or they move in a place that has been marked for judgment and and they're going to be destroyed living in that area. We're dealing with a lot of issues that don't come up in most prophetic education and won't come up in most prophesying, but you have to do that. I think that um, I think Prophet Ashley will tell you, but I spoke a couple of weeks ago. It takes a long time for the spirit of truth to trust you enough to even break in to your prophetic direction and stream and correct you. In the beginning, he doesn't do it. God will just speak, and that's it. So I want you to pray about what God wants you to say about the seriousness of what your spiritual destiny is. Because just listen to this. I'll say this, and I'll end it. Just because you're masterful in your secular training and job does not mean that that mastery automatically carries over to your kingdom duties and responsibilities. Our world in Jesus Christ is different. You know it. That's why you're in training. But sometimes we have to reinforce that with people that the carryover is what it is. If you are a new prophet, you're a new prophet. New can't understand old. New has to learn. You know, David trying to go out there and fight. Like, what do you say to Saul? I can't fit this. I got to grow into this. I'm just going to use what I know. And fortunately, mm-hmm. what he knew is what God used. But still, after he had that great win, got brought into the palace, married the king's daughter, guess what? He still had to go on a run for 17 years to earn his right mm-hmm. to sit on the throne. Right. Because there were things that he did not know about his destiny and his calling that had to be learned. And, and God, two-thirds of what you get from God must be lived in order to be learned. Right, right. And right. living takes a 24-7, 365 clock. I don't care who you are. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I pray for God to, to bless you. God, I thank you for Camille. First of all, I thank you for her calling. I thank you for her call. I thank you for our conversation today. And I'm asking you, Holy Father, to begin to point out to her all of the things that are yet to be discovered, let alone learned, about entering this world called the prophetic. Let her know, God, when she has ceased to be prophetic and has moved into being a prophet. Those are two different things and two different areas and dimensions for you. Uh, let her know when this is prophetic versus this is the prophet, because Lord, people don't know if you don't help them. And then, God, I'm asking that you would bless that church to not be so casual about the things of you, this eternal office, this office that dates all the way back to Abel, to all the way back to the beginning of time, cannot be learned by instinct. Just because people have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that they have your, your prophetic communications. Does that mean they have it? Just because they can hear you speak and understand what you say does not make them a prophet or prophetic. And so, God, I'm asking that you begin to use this opportunity to shape her and direct her and form in her the way she must go and, Lord, cause her to understand that she's a watchman for a reason and that watchman means guard, watchman means security, watchman means defender and protector, watchman means excellence, capable and competent. God, I'm asking you to put this in her. And, Lord, when she wakes up tomorrow, I'm asking you to cause her to be another woman with another mind on this so that when she stands up, she stands up in the name of the Lord. If she wants boldness, let her be boldness on what is 
you, what is about you, and what you want to accomplish. Lord, I'm asking you to do this for this woman because she genuinely loves you and she genuinely wants to get it right. So I'm asking you to help her do so, Father. And we cover her with the blood of the Lamb. We cover her house. We cover her church. We cover this office that's calling her into it. We cover her journey and her direction. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. God bless you, Mother Love. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Okay, yes. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. Okay, Dr. Price. We have next on the line Barbara from North Carolina. And Barbara's calling in today because she moved to North Carolina to be with family, and then uh, they subsequently passed away. And so she wants to know why and if the Lord brought her to North Carolina. Barbara, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you very much. Dr. Price, you are an answer to a prayer that I got into this queue. I'm listening to you. You you just take my breath away. It is so good to be introduced to you. Prophet Ashley, you seem like a sweetheart. My question is, my entire life I know that I've been different. How I know is while everybody is together, I'm off meeting and greeting people. My dad said, Barbara, I never had to worry about locating you. All I had to do was look next door. There was a senior couple that was very elderly. I was tiny. I have four siblings. I had a twin sister at the time. They're playing outside. Dr. Price, my joy was in being with this elderly couple, helping them, loving them, doing whatever I could. I've been doing this my entire life. But this has isolated me from people. They tell me, you say I love you too much. You do too much. You trust people too much. I retired from the phone company, returned to Spokane, Washington, where I was caregiver for my mother and father. They both died in my arms. That was devastating. My mother Italian, my father Irish. So I have some heritage in me. Then I got a phone call. My twin sister was dying. She was full of cancer from the West Coast to the East Coast, Dr. Price. She died three years ago. With my twin, I felt as though part of my heart beat went with her. As she was passing, the Lord woke me up exactly as she was passing. To me, I didn't have to question or wonder what was happening. I knew in my heart of hearts, she was being taken home. Since then, I've been truly alone. I know I have the Lord with me. But I've been introduced to a church, to a new church family, to an apostle, Open arms, nothing but love to give. I have to wonder, though, sometimes, Dr. Price, am I there for the right reasons? Am I there for their benefit? Because the only reason why I'm there, I'm the only Caucasian in a black church. It's this way everywhere I go. But I feel so comfortable, so loved, so honored, to be among such godly people. 
I hear when people speak a word into me. You have healing hands. You have the eye of an eagle. You have eagle insight. Lately, I've heard you have an apostolic calling. All these things bring tears to my eyes, to my eyes. I can think of nothing more beautiful to be standing or kneeling in front of my father. So I would like to know from you, Dr. Price, everything that I'm hearing is a little overwhelming for me. I am in the church that I'm in because I'm seeking the presence of God. I left the Catholic church. I was bored silly. I wasn't engaging. I wasn't singing. I didn't feel the presence of God. I do hear. But I don't truly, I see games, I see politics. I see all this going on. And I wonder sometimes, Barbara, are you in the right place? Did God bring you here to seek his presence, to strengthen your relationship with him? This is what I'm asking you. Okay, so I'm going to jump in right here. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that if you, until you get to heaven, you want to see games and you will see politics. Because we have this treasure in an earthly vessel. We're in a planet with the darkness and the light. We're in a planet with the wheat and the tares. And just like you had to grow and learn and understand God and figure out what was him and what isn't Barbara, so does everyone else. You cannot base your calling or your obedience to God or your enjoyment of God on the negative elements that you see. Those are going to exist. And sometimes what we think is negative is not negative to God. You know, I mean, it was all right for God, in God's world, it was all right for Abraham to save the sound with his sister to save her life, etc. Well, because he, he moved according to the environment that he was in. Let me say this. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that Whenever people get a lot of words, if you're in a church where they prophesy all the time and they give the words of God all the time and those words are often predictive and, and declarative, if you will, I, I am concerned. As for me to do all that I do, and I cover the planet, I do this, whatever, my church will tell you they can count how often I prophesy in a month. I've got a church full of prophets who minister to the people, etc., but we don't do that. Um, all the time, all the time. I'm being honest with you. We don't do that. And the reason we don't do that is because people need to be edified by the word of God and not hanging on dangling carrots. So that's the first thing I will say. And I'm saying this to you, Barbara, but I'm actually speaking to all of my listeners. I do not trust the church that allows that much prophecy because it goes back to the first caller and the first, that means that that church is not nurturing people, but they're holding them through entertainment and holding them through attractions, false hope, etc. So the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is that when you, if you're in that church, you need to just sit on down and stop getting involved in the prophecy line, if that's your church. Let me tell you again, because I don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to run out of time before I answer you. The next thing I'm going to tell you is that, you know, life happens. You know, there are, you know, there's a time to live and a time to die. Your parents were elderly. It was time. If they went out, you know, uh, painfully, that's unfortunate, but it was time. Here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to not seek the living among the dead. Go on with your life and go on to do what God gave you. 
that's the, the next thing I would say. And then the third thing is that you need, uh, you need another counselor. You need somebody outside of that church realm to help you just reset your life and reset your clock. So I'm, I'm going to suggest that when this show is over, that you go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and sign up for, excuse me, for a life advisement or a prophetic advisement because you need something to help you bring all of this in. Now, here's why I'm saying this, Barbara. When you have a lot of prophecy on you, those words are all vying for your soul. They're all vying to be fulfilled. If they're error, if they're not, if they're God, if they're timely or untimely, all of that is huge, and it pulls on you, and it pulls your life in all of the directions. It speaks to you at night, and it tries to jump in to be solutions when you have problems because words have power. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life, so they have power. You need somebody to sort that through and to shut some of those words down. You know, and it sounds good to think, wow, I'm getting prophecy. God is thinking about me all the time. Trust me, God thinks about things all the time. He's not talking as much as he thinks because he knows that his words generate activity. His words generate and move power and move agency. So God isn't prophesying all that much. And a lot of times people are encouraging you and they're more motivating than they're prophesying. But the problem is they're putting it under the guise of prophecy, and that's not God. Because I'm telling you, I've been with God since 1982, a pastor since 1985. I've never had a prophetic church, never. We deliver the word of God. If he wants to sing it, we let him sing it. If he wants to preach it, we preach it. We always teach it. And I don't have my prophet tied up with going to prophecy to prophecy because eventually, Barbara, we're going to move from prophesying to divine. We're going to move from talking at the, the word of God to speaking whatever spiritual happens to be in the vicinity. So I'm concerned about you. My heart is very concerned about you right now because I'm looking at you in the spirit and you just have too many prophetic words on your life and too much on your body. And it's confusing your entire sphere of existence. I would love to encourage you to make sure that when this is over, you go to the website, drpaulaprice.com, and say, I want to set up an advisement and so that you can actually have somebody who can, first of all, let me get out what you need to get out because you have a lot to get out, and also to have somebody help you sort through what you need to sort through because in today's environment, with so many people being activated just because, you have to literally build up almost like a, uh, a, a, a uh, resistance outfit, if you will, a resistance to constant flowing of prophecy because you don't even know if it's God. Sometimes yeah. people prophesy their opinion. And to me, you've got a lot of opinionated prophecies on you, a lot of observation, observatory prophecies on you, but they're not necessarily revelations of God's word. I'm telling you that God doesn't talk as much as these prophetic churches make you think. He just doesn't because he's God. He cannot just babble on and babble on and babble on because he'll bring confusion by even confusing his spiritual agents who have to fulfill his word. It's just not the case. And I tell people, people come to my church, and they're like, oh, wow, this is going to be grumpy. No, 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 we don't prophesy like that. I don't prophesy that much on my broadcast. So you need this counseling. You need somebody to pray you back into your place. And if you're enjoying being there and if it's feeling wonderful to you, stay there. If you feel like God is moving you on to something else, wait until he tells you, A, where he's moving you to, and B, what he wants you to do when you get there. Yes, thank you. 
Thank you so, so much. Now, you're welcome. So now I'm going to pray. Can I pray? I want to pray for you. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> God, we give you praise. You are magnificent and majestic and glorious. And, Lord God, I thank you. First of all, I thank you for Barbara and her life. I thank you for the souls that she's prayed for, the lives she's touched, the the hands that have brought so much healing and ministry to others. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for her coming to her next season in you and being connected with the right people to help her walk through that season. And then, Lord, I'm asking that you begin to take her under your wing. I put her under Psalm 91, and I set her under the wings of the Almighty. God, I thank you that you cover her, and through that covering that you begin to issue the life force and the, the restoration that she needs to finish her journey in you, for she has much to do for you, God. I'm asking that you connect her with mentors and leaders who are sober-minded in you and whose sobriety will begin to help her move out into what you've called her to do the way you would do it, not just because we're we're prattling words off and on and just constantly saying things, calling it prophetic, and it's not. I'm asking that you would bring her into her Psalm 139 destiny. What you have on the pages of the book of her life right now is what I bring into action. I bring them into effect. I enact what she is to be doing now by the Holy Ghost. God, we deliver her heart from the grief and the sadness, and we thank you for giving her the, the fountain of living waters again and causing your joy to wash over her. And I praise you guys for the church you're going to bring her to, a church that will minister to her, nurture her, and develop her before they go after her gifts. God, bring her into wholeness and soundness. Lord, loose that teaching ministry that she has. She has such a teaching anointing. I loose that teaching and instructional ministry. And, God, we create platforms starting from beginning, emerging all the way up to advance, platforms for her to give out and dispense what you've ordained for her in this life and in this hour. And I thank you for doing it all, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, and thank you so much. I just love you. Oh, thank you. You're precious. Listen, keep in touch. We want to hear what God is doing with you. I will. I will definitely, and I will listen to your program. There's so much education and wisdom. I'm journaling, and I enjoy every minute of it. Amen. Thank you. I'm glad to have you, and you know I love you, and Jesus, we're a family. So we'll talk soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley, do you think I can get one more in there? I think I can. Well, I think that we can certainly, you know, kick in with one person and and see how far you get. They might have to resume next week. (laughs) Well, let's give it a shot. Who is it? It might be a to be continued. All right, this is Kesey from South Carolina. And Kizzy's calling in because of needing direction in the areas of love, career, and family. Kizzy, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello. Hi, Kizzy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm glad to hear you. I was listening to the teaching. So I just want to pray in those areas um, because I keep getting knocked off the horse every time I try in those areas. So I said, let me get prayer and direction from the Lord. Amen. 
Well, Keith, uh, the first thing I'm going to tell you is uh, pretty much what I told the other lady. I want you, when this is over, I want you to go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and I want you to sign up for a life advisement with Prophet Ashley. You need it. She is going to be perfect for you, okay? And so okay. you can sign up 15 minutes or an hour or more. I don't know how much they go, but you need to do that because here's what I hear. I hear loneliness, but I hear aloneness, too much aloneness in your voice. You feel so disconnected with life that you can't figure out why you're even here on the planet. You, you, I, I'm going to do this. It doesn't work. And, and you, you, you're trying to find out how to fit into this world, first of all, in God's world, secondly, and the church. You need God to, to help you find you. Now, I'm looking back, Keezy, you're about three years old. I don't know where you are. I don't know if I see it in the South Carolina area. could be, but you're about three years old, and it's like somebody worked hard in your little personality to scrub out who you are and to scrub out your life, actually. And so you have been struggling from your little soul to try to find out where you are. A great part of you was taken from you in your childhood and you have not been able to find out where that is or how it happened. And often when it happens to you as toddlers, all you have to live by are the experiences and the aftermath. So I want you to get on a program where you can rebuild your soul. Do you understand me? Yes. That's where you are, my beloved. You have got to have somebody build the soul in you that Christ brought to earth by the Holy Spirit to, to, um, in your spirit to convert you to him. You will not find the answers that you're looking for until you stop feeling like a stranger in this place and feeling so fine. You're like, if people are on one step, you're on two. If people are on three, four, you're on, on three. You cannot find the rhythm of your life because somebody did that to you at about age three and, it has, and it's carried on all these years. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's what I want for you. And, and 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 so all of these other things you're trying to do, you'll just keep losing. Things keep slipping through your fingers. You're like, oh, what did I say this time? What did I do this time? Okay. How do I get here again? And I'm telling you, whoever it was, and I don't think it was a parent. I don't know why, but I feel like it was like an aunt, uncle. It was not a your immediate relative. Whoever had care of you as a child, you got on their nerves because you were very bright, very sparkly, and they worked hard to shut you down, and you've not been able to come back from that. Yeah. This sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get you back on, on the books because you don't, you know, right now I'm talking to you, and I don't feel you on the books of God. Not that I don't feel you're saved. I don't feel you on God's books because you are not where he needs you to be. And so we're going to pray. I'm going to pray right now because I don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to pray, but I want to tell you that when I'm done, you need this, and you really need it for about 12 months. You need somebody to help you find you, locate you, and rediscover you, and then heal those pieces. Because I'm telling you, it was almost like somebody just took a huge eraser just to try to erase you off the planet, erase your personality, erase who you are. And from that moment on, you have been, like, toppling through life. And so I, I want that for you. So, amen. Father God, I thank you for kissing. We only got a minute, God, so I'm going to pray. 
I thank you for her, God. I thank you that as she connects with, with PPM Global Resources and she gets on this life advisement track, that the work that you've been wanting to do for her, Lord, that you've wanted to do, long to do for her and in her for so long will finally take place and that you are putting her in hands that you can trust with her soul, trust with her brokenness, trust with the fragileness of her being that you know that she will not be exploited, she will not be wounded, she will not be destroyed, but she will be bettered and improved and empowered by what's going on. Lord, I thank you for doing this for her today. I give her peace in her heart, peace in her soul, and peace in her home and in her life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, don't forget, make that call. Okay. All right, God bless you. All right, well, it's over Broad Talk, Periscope, Facebook, whoever else I got on the line. It is over for today. Again, join me tomorrow night. Go to my website to get all of the information, drpaulaprice.com. I will be with Apostle Barbara Davis with the voice crying in the wilderness in Princeton, Louisiana. Meet me because I'm on fire. If you've got an issue, bring your issue. I am moving in power, moving in God's purpose, moving in his healing and his victory and his breakthrough. Don't, if you're in that area, don't miss me because I'm telling you, I'm there for one night only. Don't say I'll go Saturday because I'm going to be on a plane on Saturday. You want to make your way there to Princeton, Louisiana, and, again, go to my website, and you can get all of the particulars on it. I love you all dearly. You know that. You can hear it in my voice. I love you dearly, and I want nothing but the best for you. And until next week or till Sunday, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price thanking you for joining me on this week's show. I want to remind you that the counsel and wisdom, the prayer and prophecy that you enjoy today does not have to end with today's program. You can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show and join tens of thousands of people who re-listen to my program every week. Again, blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show, and you can relive the experience every single day. God bless you.